Thank you, Brother Preston, for such a warm introduction. It is a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It is especially more joyful because today we get to celebrate the 12th anniversary of Africa Sunday. And I'm so, so, yeah. And I'm so proud of my McKendree Church family who has guaranteed the celebration of this annual event. This speaks to the testament that we are McKendree. McKendree is a community that is intergenerational. McKendree is a community that is diverse. And McKendree is a community that connects all. Everybody from all walks of life to come and do life together, connecting all through Christ. So if you are visiting with us for the first time, and if you're looking for a church home, we extend to you the warm invitation to come and be a part of this dynamic community. A heartfelt thanks and appreciation to Pastor Paula and Pastor Sidney for the opportunity and the blessed privilege to stand here and bring the message this morning. Thanks to my African family who believed that I could bring it. I appreciate your confidence in me. A shout out to my family and friends and relatives who's worshiping online and those of you who are here in person, thank you for your support and your prayers. They mean so much to me. A special shout out to my hubby Ortelius and our two lovely children, Christy and TJ. Christy is here today. It's always a treat for Christy to be in town. So thank you guys for the support. Since the time of the early Christian church, the Apostles' Creed has been affirmed and defended by the church universal and Christian traditions for nearly 2,000 years of church history. The Apostles' Creed expresses the biblical doctrine of our faith. That is the confession of the faith in a triumph God who is the creator of everything that exists that is not God. While preparing for today's message, I learned the Apostles' Creed was composed as a direct response in, and in defense of the gospel of the Christian faith against the backdrop of heresy. This immediate heresy, the creed responded to was Gnosticism, which comes from the Greek word Gnosticos, meaning one who knows. Gnostics typically believe that salvation is achieved by a revelation that awakens knowledge of the divine spiritual nature of humankind and not through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ on a cross. They deny the divine creation, the incarnation of Christ, 
the deity of Christ, and that salvation by faith is in Christ alone. Essentially, Gnostic deny all the cardinal doctrine of our Christians of the Apostles' Creed, as it remains an important aspect of our Christian faith and how it helps us to remember what we truly believe in. The Apostles' Creed is divided into three parts, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. These three truths, known as the Holy Trinity, are the bedrock of the Christian faith. God exists in three persons, consisting of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, it is one of the blessed and humbling privileges of my life to speak to you this morning, preaching from the sermon title, I Believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit is a confession which is so central to our faith, yet it is so overlooked and understated. I believe one of the reasons for that is that some of us don't realize the prominence of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. There are about 51 verses and tons of captivating stories of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. What is the Holy Spirit? Better still, not what, but who is the Holy Spirit? Through our sermon series, we've learned that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. The Holy Spirit is one member of the Holy Trinity, equal in dignity and majesty with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life and gives life to all things that was in the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Blessed Holy Spirit were involved in the creation of the world. When God said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness, he was signifying the existence of the Holy Spirit before creation. Even Jesus recognized his dependence on the Holy Spirit as being the he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and, the, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Not what, but who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. There are tons of teachings throughout the Bible on the deity, the, deity, the ministry, the inspiration, the gifts, the symbols, and the personality, along with the extensive work of the Holy Spirit. But for our message, Today, we are going to look at just one reason why we believe the Holy Spirit is a vital confession of our Christian faith. 
We believe because the Holy Spirit is God's power. No, you didn't hear me. I said we believe because the Holy Spirit is God's power. The Holy Spirit is the promise of God's power. Who along with the Father and the Son were there from the very beginning. It's the same Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost that descended, directing, controlling, empowering, and strengthening the ministry of the early church and caused it to grow in numbers, in spiritual power, and in influence beyond Jerusalem and Israel. In our scripture lesson today, we read of Jesus' last meeting with his disciples after his resurrection, where they were talking about his ascension, the kingdom of God, and the spirit of God. In the meeting, it was obvious the disciples were wrestling with uncertainty and confusion following Jesus' resurrection and with the fact that his Ascension was imminent. His disciples seemed ready to move on because it seemed to them that none of the promises they expected to be fulfilled was coming to pass. But Jesus, but before Jesus left, he asked them to wait a few more days before leaving Jerusalem. Jesus commanded his disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of power from the Father. Wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wait for that power that I have testified to you about, promised by God my Father. In the story, Jesus was getting ready to commission his disciples as he is commissioning us today. He was getting ready to send them into the world to preach the good news of the gospel and to be witnesses all over the world. In Africa, in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and onto the uttermost part of the earth. But Jesus knew that the gospel would not go forth without the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew his disciples were about to enter a world that hated him, a world that crucified him and nailed him to the cross, a world that is, is wicked, a world that is full with adulterous generation. Therefore, he ordered them to wait for the power before they go. I can imagine Jesus saying to his disciples, there is a power in waiting that is coming for you. That power is nothing to be compared with John the Baptist. That power is nothing to be compared with what John the Baptist did when he baptized you with water. This power, this power that is coming is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the power of my Father that I told you about. Wait, stay in Jerusalem for a few more days because there's a power in waiting that is coming. And that power, my friends, Jesus is saying that power is a power who is the Spirit of God. 
who has all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge in him. He is saying to his disciples, wait a few more days for the power of the Holy Ghost. Because you see, it is the same power that shook the earth and shook the heaven and raised and rolled the stone away and raised me up from the grave. Wait, there's a power in waiting that is coming. It's the same power that rose me, that raised me up from the grave. Therefore, you must wait. My friends, sometimes it is tough to wait on God, especially when there seems to be no hope in sight and all seem to be lost. Sometimes it is tough to wait on God when all you can hear are voices telling you that he is not going to come through. Sometimes it is tough to wait on God, but I can say this morning that you should wait on your Lord because there's a power that is in waiting that is coming. Sometimes it is hard to wait only because we do not have the spiritual eyes to see what God is working out for us. Wait for the power because when you wait, if you don't wait for the power, there is no life. If there is no power, there is no life. Wait. I remember over 25 years ago, like yesterday, when my husband and I were struggling with miscarriages. We lost three precious babies to miscarriage. I can remember there were times when it seemed as though I was in a dark, bottomless pit. I remember that there were times when I felt that God was just not listening to my prayers. And why there can't be no words to describe the heartbreak, the pain, the misery. I knew I had a conviction from the bottom of my body that a time there was a power that was coming. And so, when it was suggested to me that I should quit trying and look for other options, I decided to wait for my Lord. Because somehow I knew that he was going to show up and show out. I knew because it was clear to me at the time that he was saying to me, my daughter, hold tight as you hold on because there's a power that I am sending with my child and see the salvation on the, of the Lord. Wait. And so when the naysayers and the backstabbers and the enemy thought it was over, it was when the power came. Hallelujah. I say when the naysayers and the backstabbers and the enemy thought it was over, that's when the power came. When the power came, no other power could stand him. When the power came, 
No other force on earth could stop him. When the power came, it stood up as a wall of fire. I said, when the power came, it came as a mighty wind. When the power came, it came shaking up the heavens and shaking up the earth on my behalf. When the power came, it came as a divine weapon, pulling down, casting out, dismantling, and uprooting every stronghold, every obstacle that stood in the way of us being a parents. When the power came, when the power came, it was over for the enemy. And today, my, oh, my, we have two beautiful children, TJ and Christine. They remind us every day as a living testimony to the magnificent power of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to say to you today to wait on the power Wait on God because when you wait on God, he does something better than you can imagine. There's a power in waiting for you. I know it may, seems, it may not seem that way. I know you feel that time is running out, but you don't allow the weariness to discourage you. You don't be afraid. Don't be weary. Because when they try to dig a pit for you, you have a power that is in you. You have a power that is mighty. You have a power that is a victorious weapon that will equip you for battle. You have a power and you have a weapon that is not made by human hands. He said he will equip you with his divine power. He will give you a weapon that will uproot. He will give you a weapon that will cast out, that will cast down, that will break any barrier. Wait. And on top of that, he will prepare you a table in the presence of your enemy where your cup will overflow with blessings. And so, a few days after Christ ascended physically to heaven, the power of, the God, of God came descending. My Bible says suddenly, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. There is a power in waiting that is coming for you. In the Gospel of John 7, verse 39, we learn that one of God's purposes since the beginning has been to dwell with humanity and for him to enjoy the fellowship with us. You see, when the Holy Spirit indwells you, you receive God's power and you stay connected to him. The Holy Spirit gives us the assurance of our salvation and reminds us that we belong to God. One of the lessons that COVID-19 virus taught us 
is that worship of the Lord is not confined to a physical space. Worship of the Lord is not confined to a physical space. This means that why it is important for believers to gather to worship God in person, it is equally important to remember that worship doesn't have to be in a building. Jesus told the Samaritan woman at a well, a time is coming, a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seek. Jesus said, those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, friends, you cannot belong to Jesus unless you have the spirit of Jesus. No, you didn't hear me. I'm saying you cannot belong to Jesus unless you have the spirit of Jesus. We believe in the Holy Spirit because God is spirit and the spirit of God is power. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is God and God is power. To be controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit, friends, you must walk in the Spirit and allow it to lead your life. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. There is a power in waiting that is coming for you. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a friend that comforts. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the rock that sustains us when we are under the heaviest of pressure. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is superior to the angels. The Holy Spirit is better than Abraham. The Holy Spirit is better than Moses. The Holy Spirit is better than Joshua. The Holy Spirit is better than your doctor. The Holy Spirit is better than your children. The Holy Spirit is better than all the prophets. The Holy Spirit, yes, is greater than Satan. The Holy Spirit is stronger than death. You fear death? The Holy Spirit got nothing. Death got nothing on the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the power that is waiting. It's the power that is in waiting ready for you. We believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our peace. The Holy Spirit is our eternal hope. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life. The Holy Spirit is Elohim. 
God omnipotent power. The Holy Spirit is the living and true way. Let us pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, it is in your presence that our souls take delight. We believe in you because you are the giver of life. Thank you for being our wonderful counselor. Thank you for being our comforter. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you for the gift of your eternal spirit. Oh God, pour out your fresh anointing on us. Oh God, pour out your fresh anointing on us and help us that as we live our lives, we should strive to walk in your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.